Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Be sure to tune in to whatever Bethesda Church is doing on our website, BethesdaChurch.tv, or check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Now, let's jump into today's message. Anybody excited about that? The movies. I think we're only like seven or eight weeks away. It's going to be an incredible series, so make plans to be here. Invite somebody. Uh, Welcome to week number three of Spellbound. Everybody say Spellbound. I have enjoyed teaching and preaching this series. I'm excited about the content that I have for you today as well. Uh, If you've missed the first couple of weeks, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those, especially week number one because I think it laid the foundation that we need um, to move through this series in a way that we can gain understanding and also victory. Um, Throughout the series, we've talked about the fact that we are not fighting against flesh and blood. I mean, we're not fighting against people, but we're fighting against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. And we learned in the very first message when Paul said we wrestle, it has the idea of two opponents fighting one another Um, with one opponent throwing the other and then taking control of the neck. And the neck is um, our ability to control what we look at or what we avoid looking at. And so if we're going to win the war in the spirit, how many know we got to get the enemy off of our neck so that we can see what God wants us to see and stop focusing so much on what the devil wants us to see. And so that, that's kind of, you know, that, that's where we get stuck. And so um, last week we talked about the spirit of Absalom, and that spirit attacks leadership. We talked about how it will muddy the water so that the sheep will not drink. And, and I want to bring some clarity so that we get understanding today. Oftentimes when you see an Old Testament person that is also mentioned in the New Testament, you, re- you got to recognize at that point that we are now dealing with a demon. Um, and, and so if they were an Old Testament person and we see them again in the New Testament, that, that's an indicator that it's spiritual. And before I go any further, I want everybody to understand that the spirits that I'm preaching about always show up where there's a flow of God's presence. They show up around the move of God. They show up in places where God is actually moving. Uh, The enemy doesn't show up in dead, stagnant churches. He shows up in life-giving churches. And so these spirits, and and if you were to look at them individually, um, we could talk about Jezebel. We've talked about her. That is a spirit of control. but, But just like the Old Testament person, when she was controlling the nation by controlling the heart of the king, The Bible tells us there was no rain during that time period. So that spirit stopped the flow of God's presence. It it shows up where there's a flow of God's presence. Absalom poisons the flow so that people don't want to drink from the river of God. 
Um, Leviathan, I think I'm gonna preach on Leviathan next week, but that is the twisting spirit that brings confusion and Leviathan exists underneath the flow. And so think about this, about the flow of God. You got one that will dry up the flow, one that will poison the flow, and one that will confuse the flow. But today I wanna deal with the spirit of Cain. And the spirit of Cain is what I wanna call the killing spirit. That's what this spirit is. Our key text from Galatians 3 verse one says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Now, we're not fighting against people, but notice the phrasing. Paul says, who? We're not fighting against people, but how many know the devil uses people? It's quiet in here. We're not fighting against people, but the devil uses people. And so he says, who has bewitched you? The word bewitched means spell. Who has put a spell on you? Who has charmed you or fascinated you? to the point that you no longer have the resistance that you need. And so I'm gonna be giving you a lot of verses today and not all of these are gonna be on the screen. But here's something I would encourage you to do. Most of you have a smartphone. You need to download the Bethesda app and pull up those message notes and follow along there. And the reason I tell you to do that is because how many know we retain more if we actually take notes? that we, we, we retain so much more. Uh, and at the end of that, you can actually email those notes to yourself and look back over them later. And at the end of the message, you'll be able to take a picture of the screen as well to get uh, all those points encapsulated in one photo. So let's go to the Spirit of Cain and look at Genesis chapter number four. I'm gonna read 12 verses so that I don't have to keep coming back to it. But it says, Adam made love to his wife Eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. And she said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Very important. Watch what happens. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and he killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied, as am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. He's telling Cain, this is going to affect you the rest of your life, what you have done. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Now, as most of you know, Cain was the first child born in the earth. 
He actually represents the seed of promise. He had a brother by the name of Abel that we just read about, but eventually Cain murdered his own brother Abel. It is the first murder ever committed. And Cain is mentioned not only in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, but he's mentioned a few times in the New Testament. One of those places is 1 John chapter 3, verse number 12. It says, do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Now you gotta, you gotta picture this. I find it interesting that the first murder that was ever committed was committed over an act of worship. It was two brothers bringing their offerings to God, an act of worship that one brother's offering was not received while Abel's offering was. And the end result was is that Cain killed Abel over an act of worship. Now you gotta follow this because Abel did nothing wrong. He only did what God had asked him to do. He worshiped the right way. Cain worshiped the wrong way. Now it's real churchy and religious to say as long as you worship it's good, but you gotta understand, we gotta get a lot deeper than I get to worship however I want to. So many people, as long as you offer God something, it should be okay. Um, and listen, if the enemy can stop your worship, he can destroy your life. If he can affect your worship, he can bring death into your life. And if you really want to stir up church people, all you got to do is engage in a conversation about worship. Y'all smile. You ain't got that mask on. I can see your teeth. If you really want to stir the people of God up, just have a conversation over worship, and you're going to have people mad. You're going to have people happy. You're going to have people sad. People get stirred up. But Jude, uh, there's only one chapter of the book of Jude, but verse number 11 says, it says, Woe to them because they have gone in the way of Cain. The scripture tells us, do not be like Cain. Another translation says, do not follow the way of Cain. And so we got to ask the question, what is the way of Cain? What is God trying to tell us by saying, don't be like Cain, don't follow the way of Cain, don't don't, uh, make your life an example the same way Cain's was, but you need to do it differently And I think Hebrews 11.4 gives us an, an answer to it. It says, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. When God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. So Cain kills his brother over an act of worship. The result is, is that Cain now lives under a curse. And you might be quick to think, why would, why would Cain do this? Why would he kill his brother over an act of worship? And that's a great question. And some of you may be thinking, why couldn't Cain just worship the way he wanted to and leave Abel alone and do his own thing? And I think it's another great question, but here's the answer. According to the word of God, There is a right time to worship, a right place to worship, 
and a right way to worship. I think that's worth repeating. According to the word of God, there is a right time to worship, a right place to worship, and a right way to worship. And, and some of you will, will think, well, pastor, you know, I love the Lord. I should be able to worship however I want to. But I need to remind some folk today that God is, in fact, God, and he's big enough, bad enough, bold enough to not only be God, but to also tell us how he wants to be worshiped. It ain't up to you. You don't decide how God is to be worshiped. He has told us the kind of worship he likes, the kind of worship he responds to. And I grew up in church, I've been around church, and I've even made the mistake of telling people, well, you can worship any way you want to. You can sit there if you want to. You can fold your arms if you want to. You can cry, you can laugh, you can, you can do whatever you want. But the truth is, there is a right time, a right place, and a right way to worship. Now, check this out. You can go back to the fall of man and see that God has always had a right time, a right place, and a right way. In Genesis 3, 24, after Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says that God drove the man out and he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, if you remember the Old Testament, there was a place called the Holy of Holies, right? And in the Holy of Holies, you had an Ark of the Covenant, you had blood on the Ark of the Covenant, and God would rest in the Holy of Holies on this seat, on the mercy seat. But the Bible also tells us that there were two cherubim that was a part of the Ark of the Covenant. And before the flood occurred in the book of Genesis, what we understand, if you study this out in the Hebrew text in Genesis 3.24, is that people worshiped at the eastern gate of the Garden of Eden. That's where they worshiped. That God's presence was resting at the east of Eden. And, and that was the right place before the flood. And so God would tabernacle there. And Genesis 4, 3 says, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. It actually means that at the end of a period of time, and most scholars believe this was the Sabbath day. This was the day of worship. How many are thankful that we still set aside a day of the week to come to the house of God? Come on, somebody. Isn't it awesome that we still have a day where we come together and worship God? And so there was a right place to worship, the east, eastern part of the Garden of Eden. There was a right time for worship. And lastly, we know there was a right way to worship. In other words, worship had a requirement. And the requirement for worship was blood. Everybody say blood. In the Old Testament, it was the blood of the animals. But in the New Testament, it's not the blood of an animal, it's the blood of Jesus Christ himself. That with worship, there's a right time, there's a right place, and there's a right way. And, and here's the question. If Abel, not a question, here's the statement. If Abel knew what the requirements were for worship, we have to understand Cain also knew the right requirements for worship. This wasn't where God gave Abel a secret and he knew what to do, and he didn't tell Cain. Both Cain and Abel knew the right way, the right place, and, and the, the right time for worship. The problem is that Cain wanted to do things his way. 
Cain is a picture in large part of the American church because we want to do things our way. We want to do it our way. People want to worship how they want, where they want, and when they want. And I think a large part of the body of Christ has experienced death because instead of doing it God's way, we want to do it our way. And you have to understand that God places us in the body of Christ as it pleases him, which means you don't pick your local church, God does. Well, I tried that church out for three or four years, and I didn't like it. So I picked this one. I don't like it either. I'm going to try this one out. Well, they hurt my feelings. I'm going to go over here. What do, we, what do we have? We have the spirit of Cain that's bringing death into our lives. So, so if, there, if there's a right place, you say, well, what's the right time? It's when this church sets the time for worship which means that at 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock, you ought to be here every week, unless you're traveling or at work. The amens and claps will get lower, I promise. Um, But you should be here, because there's a right place, there's also a right time. Everyone say right place, right time, right requirement, okay? God has given us that. There's a right way. And we are called not only to this place, but when we come, how many, we don't just show up. When we come, we bring the sacrifice of praise. When we show up, we lift up holy hands. When we show up, we bring our tithe and offering. All of those are our our requirements for true worship. But you got a lot of people that don't want to do it God's way. They want to do it their own way. I'll show up when I feel like it. I'll give when I feel like it. I'll lift my hands when I feel like it. But you'll get up and go to work every day of the week even though you don't feel like it. We'll see how many survive this message. See, what happens when we want to do things our way instead of God's way is that we open ourselves up to what the Bible says, don't follow the ways of Cain. Don't open yourself up. And, and with Cain, it all started with stubbornness. I'll do it my way. He knew the same requirements that Abel knew, but he wanted to do it his way. And so I want to give you a list, six things. It, this is not a complete list. I don't pretend to ever bring you a complete list. We can't stay here for, you know, until Jesus returns, unless he's coming in the next 20, 30 minutes, um, which he could. Amen? But there's six things I want to give you from this of how the spirit of Cain can operate in your life and how we need to rid ourselves. So number one, if you're taking notes, the spirit of Cain manifests through the tongue. The spirit of Cain doesn't mean that you and I go around killing people like he killed his brother. But we know in the New Testament, the standards are higher. In the Old Testament, it was like, don't kill anybody. But in the New Testament, if you slander someone, you've already killed them. It's the spirit of murder. And it comes and manifests through the words that we say. That if we hate someone or we slander them, we have now committed murder. James says in James 3, 11 and 12, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? 
My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. James is referring to the words that come out of our mouth. And his point was, is that you can't have bitter and sweet things coming out of your mouth at the same time. Our words spring, watch this, from either a spirit of life or from a spirit of death. The words that we say, that we don't have to take a knife to someone or pull a gun on someone to murder, but all we have to do is to speak critically or slanderous about them. And, and those words come, and I don't have time to go into this, but it comes from negative thoughts and negative feelings that we don't get under control. How many know negative thoughts and feelings that you don't get under control eventually come out of your mouth? And now we are murdering people, and, and some of us, we don't even understand the, the importance of, of speaking life. We, listen, in your home, if you, if you are always talking negative to your spouse and you're always negative to your kids, there will come a day that they're going to leave you behind. Nobody can sit under a constant uh, array of, of words that are negative and destructive and experience life at the same time. We become what we say. And what we say affects how other people can access the presence of God. And so I say that, that if you got some stuff going on in your life today, instead of speaking doubt and allowing the spirit of Cain to enter in and make everything 10 times worse, why don't you get up under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and start speaking some life, some health, come on somebody, some deliverance, some freedom, some restoration, Start speaking words of life because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I got so much more I could say about what we say, but the Apostle Paul says he warned us that we should not be biting or devouring one another by what we say. Biting and devouring. We have to resist the killing spirit by controlling our tongue. An uncontrolled tongue negates everything that is positive in your life. Listen, nothing can stop the move of God quicker than your tongue. Nothing can stop what God wants to do faster than what we say with our mouths. If we expect good things to come into our life, we have to start sending some good things out of our mouth. The killing spirit manifests through the tongue. Secondly, the spirit of Cain operates in the family. The spirit, this spirit wants to kill your family, your marriage, your children, the body of Christ. Cain and Abel were brothers, not enemies. They were flesh and blood. But when this spirit unleashes in a person's life, they will destroy their own flesh and blood and not just their own flesh and blood as in the family unit. We are now, guys, the body of Christ. These are your brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Are you using your words? Are you using your actions to build up your brothers and sisters in Christ? Or are you using them to bring them down? That's the question that we got to ask because this spirit wants to get inside the family unit. As I stated earlier, God wants our worship, but God wants our worship his way. Not our way, but his way. Worship is not about nostalgia. Well, pastor, if y'all would just sing the good old stuff, I could go back to some past experiences and I would feel good if y'all sung some of that old stuff. Listen, you can experience good feelings listening to an old Beatles song. That's nostalgic. And so it's not about, you know, doing this song or that song or we're going to do it this way or that way. It's making sure that when we talk about worship, because that was the problem here, is that we're talking about accessing the presence of God. That's what worship is. Worship means that I can have access to the presence of God. And Cain killed his brother over an act of worship. And, and the question I have for you is how many times have we hindered someone else's worship because of what we've done to them? You've hindered their ability to access the presence of God because of what you've done to them. That's why husbands and wives, you can't fight all the way to church and then expect one another to get a breakthrough once you get here. Why? Because your spirit has been affected. And if you can't access the presence of God, how many know you're inviting the presence of death? Because it's in... Y'all quiet, aren't you? Are y'all getting this? So it wants to manifest through the tongue. It wants to manifest in the family. And, and so, very, very important. The spirit of Cain manifests through the tongue, wants to manifest in the family. And nothing can disrupt your family quicker than a spirit of Cain that is manifesting in your life through critical words. Number three, the spirit of Cain rejects leadership. Cain thought, I got a better way than God's way. I'll bring the kind of offering I want to bring. Even though God had set a right time, a right place, and a right way, and Abel obeyed, did it, and he, he still speaks because he did it the right way, but Cain had a better way of doing it. Um, Abel simply did what he was supposed to do. You say, well, well, what does this look like practically? What, what does it look like practically to reject leadership? God says, I, I read this at Dream Team Huddle this morning. God says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Somebody was posting online the other day. They posted this thing like, well, you don't have to go to church, and it ain't a big deal, and all that. And, and there's not a commandment. And I'm thinking, they haven't read Hebrews chapter 10. We are commanded to be here. And that's not Old Testament. That's New Testament. That we are commanded not to forsake the assembling of, our, of ourselves together. And so, um, a lot of us, when it comes to commands that God has given us, we, we want to think that we have options. I can do that if I want to, or not do it if I don't want to. Um, but we, when we come, we should gather. We should bring our tithe and offering. Listen, serving, 100% of you should be serving. 100%. You say, well, I, I, I just, I come. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. We're thankful that you're here. But what are you doing to make a difference? Jesus loves the church, the local church, so much. That's what he died for. And that he said, I'm building the church And watch this, the gates of hell will not, the only organization that you can be a part of that has lasted longer than any business, any corporation, anything, it's been around for over 2,000 years and still going strong and it'll be going strong until the day Jesus comes back. The only thing that's lasted that long is what you're sitting in right now. That is the local church. It is the hope of the world. It is the agent of the kingdom of God. You should be serving with a smile on your face that you get to. And you'll have people come and say, I don't serve, I'm busy. I I hope you tell God that. I hope you do. I hope you got enough nerve to say, Lord, I was just too busy to serve. Everybody can do something. I'm going to clap. I'm preaching good right here. What would happen in this place if we all served? What would happen in this room? What would happen in this state? What would happen in the world if everyone who was a part of a local church gave their time, their talent, and their treasure to push forward the vision of that local church? What would happen in our communities? But you know us in the American church, we're going to do it our way. We're going to show up when we want to. We're going to do what we want to do. And nothing, and all these spirits want to reject God's way. Um, I, I didn't add this. into the main notes, but you may want to write it down. This spirit not only rejects leadership, but it also expresses anger and sarcasm. Instead of receiving correction when God showed up to speak to Cain, instead of receiving the correction, listen, if you can't handle correction, you're not a leader. Leaders can be corrected and keep moving. But if you're one of those that get corrected and we don't see you no more, you're not a leader. Don't fool yourself. He got mad instead of getting better and saying, God, I'm sorry that I did it my way instead of your way, but he was mad. He was angry, and his anger provoked him to kill his own brother, and and here's what I want you to get. God never stopped speaking to Cain. He was still showing up saying, Cain, if you do the right thing, you'll receive favor, but If you keep doing the wrong thing, Cain, sin is is crouching at your door. Like, he's showing up and saying, hey, where's your brother? And Cain is so sarcastic and angry that he responds back to God and says, am I my brother's keeper? Knowing he had just murdered him. He's mad, he's stubborn, he's angry, he's sarcastic. The Bible says that his countenance fell and God spoke to Cain And instead of repenting, Cain insulted God with his anger. And it's similar to what happened in the story of the prodigal son. Y'all remember the prodigal son? And it's not, uh, the part of the story I want you to focus on for just a second is not when he went out and wasted his life, but it was when he finally repented and came home. And what did the father do? The father made a celebration and they all began to worship. But the the character that sticks out to me in the story is not the father or the prodigal, but it's the older brother who refused to come inside. The father said, it's time to celebrate. It's time to worship. Your brother who was lost is now found. 
And instead of being happy and glad, which is what he should have been, he got mad and said, I'm not going in to celebrate. I'm not going in to worship. And that is the spirit that wants to kill not only your life and your relationship with God, it wants to kill your family, your church, your place of employment. When that thing unleashes, how many, that's a nasty spirit, full of jealousy. It will destroy everything in its path. Number four, the spirit of Cain ignores the word of God. God asked Cain, he said, why are you mad? Why are you angry? And he's asking him that because Abel only did what, what he was supposed to do. This spirit ignores the word of God, and, and it becomes territorial. It causes, listen, when this spirit's operating in your life, you find yourself mad all the time. You're always mad at somebody. Somebody's always on your last nerve. What's wrong? Spirit of Cain's in your life. God says, why are you mad? Why are you angry? This spirit will actually open you up to more spirits. When he says to him, he says, sin is crouching at your door. It means that if you don't repent of this, Cain, this is only the beginning. There are other spirits waiting to pounce on you. That it opens up the door for other destructive things to come into your life. And listen, you got to be careful sometimes. Have you ever set out to make something better, but because you did it, uh, in a way where you, you were angry and mad and bitter. You wanted to make something better, but you made it worse. You got to make sure that when you go to make something better, that you do it in a way that reflects God's heart and the way God would handle it. The same way. How many think you could improve in that area? rest of you are lying. <laughs> Liars go to hell. Y'all think I'm crazy, right? I, I ask my kids sometimes. I, we were driving down the road yesterday, and, that, and Everly's always like right behind me, and she's always doing something to get attention. And um, I, I, I just, out of the blue, said, hey, Everly, where do liars go? She said, hell. <laughs> so that's right, baby girl. Liars go to hell. Um, and and we, we asked her, where do people go when they die? I don't know why I'm throwing this in, but this is good. And she said, well, if they were bad guys and they die, they go to hell. But if they bad guys and they alive, they go to jail. I'm like, baby, you are preaching. I need to give her a microphone. Bad guys go to jail if they're alive, and bad guys go to hell if they die. And so the spirit of Cain ignores the word of God. And number five, and this one's so important, the spirit of Cain blocks life. It blocks life. And this point is, is so good because look at where this happened. In Genesis 4 verse 8, it says, Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. Everybody say the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Notice where they are when Cain murders Abel. They were in the field. The field is a representation of harvest. Let me paint the picture for you. This spirit wants to show up in your harvest season. It wants to show up in your harvest season to block the life that God is trying to send your way. This spirit will not only uh, block life, but it will also block your harvest. 
Listen, when this spirit shows up, it'll block your harvest, it'll block your promotion, it'll block your raise at work, it'll, it'll block all the good things. They were in the field, the place at harvest, when Cain killed his brother. It will block life from coming into your life. See, in, in harvest season, oftentimes when this spirit shows up, you're tempted to operate in hate, tempted to operate in jealousy, Tempted to operate in misunderstanding. And the enemy knows, listen, the, the enemy not only knows how to attack us, but how many of you understand the enemy knows when? His attacks are very strategic. It's not just what he does, it's when is he doing it? Some of you have been going through hell, but you don't understand that while you're giving in to critical words and negativity, you don't understand you're in the field, in a place of harvest. God is trying to bring promotion and blessing and favor, and that's why the attacks get greater the closer you get to the blessing. It always, how many of the enemy always turns up the heat right before the breakthrough? And, and so I, I think it's what Paul meant when he said, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Don't get weary in the, in the warfare. How many have been tempted over the last year because you've gotten weary in the warfare? Can you be honest? How many has been tempted to say, I just don't know if i got anything left, right? I've been there several times. God, I don't know how much more warfare I got in me. But you got to understand the enemy wants to turn up the heat right at the place where you're about to receive harvest. Sixth and final point is the worship team comes to help me land this plane. The spirit of Cain brings a curse. The spirit brings a curse on the carriers of it. This spirit will bring a curse on your family your income, your job, your children, your calling, every part of your life. Look at Genesis 4, 11 and 12 again. It says, now you are under a curse, driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, get this, God says, when you work, Cain, it will no longer yield its crops for you, and you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. What he's telling Cain, he's like, you're going to work real hard, try real hard, and not see the results that you should. Because you're under a curse. The translation here that I read from the NIV says, and you will be a restless wanderer. Now, some of you haven't read that translation. You've read where it says, you will be a vagabond. Right? How many remember that phrase? You'll be a vagabond. And, and the question is, what does that mean? I'll be a, a, a vagabond or a vagabond. What does that mean? Before I give you the meaning, you have to understand that two out of three church members, they change churches every five years. And that is a picture of a vagabond spirit. You say, what does it mean to, to be a restless wanderer? What does it mean to be a, a vagabond? It means that you can never find a home. You never have a resting place. You can never find a home. You try, and, and, and listen, 
so many people, I'm, I, I'm a pastor, I'm speaking to the church world, and I know this operates in the secular world as well. People pick up and move here, move there, move here, move there, move here, move there. They're all over the place. They never settle. They never put down roots. They never grow anywhere. They are always wondering. That is a vagabond spirit. And the only way you can break a vagabond spirit is to have a I will not quit mentality. But listen to the language of church people in today's world. That church hurt my feelings. That church didn't have what I wanted for my kids. This church, you know, they didn't have the kind of preaching that I'm accustomed to. This church, they, they didn't do enough for world missions. That church, they did too much for world missions. This church, the sound system, way too loud. This church, the sound system's not loud enough. This church, they sang old songs. This church, they sung new songs. And all, all that language, what's going on? You are operating under a curse. Listen, listen, listen. Not all those churches are bad. If you've left three or four, it ain't the churches, baby. It's you. It's you, baby doll. Come on, hit somebody and say, it's you, baby doll. Listen, if, you, if you've been to a bunch of places and you still like finding, it's not the church. Because that spirit is infectious. It, it, it's infectious. It, it, it will get on you. It'll get on your spouse, your kids, and you're never happy. And, and here's the thing. With a vagabond spirit, we have to break it. And what does it mean to break it? It means that if I'm going to break that spirit, I'm going to put down roots. I'm going to get offended at times, but I'm going to get over it. I'm going to get angry at times. I'm going to get over it because I'm, I'm not going to keep pulling up. Listen, if you keep transplanting a plant, picking it up and replanting and picking it up and replanting and you can't ever work through a difficult, I mean, that plant's not going to make it. And it's a picture of a lot of people's lives. They pick up everything. We'll try this. And we're going to pick it up again and try this and pick it up. And you have become a vagabond. We have to break. That is not a blessing to pick up and move every few years. That is not a blessing. That is a curse. God wants you to be able to put down some roots, to walk through some fire, to go through some disagreements, and come out on the other side and be better than you went in. That's how you grow. That's how you become who God has called you to be. Stand to your feet all over the place. Father, I just ask you right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you would help us in this season to eliminate spirits that would hinder the flow of your blessing over our lives. God, we are in covenant with you. And we pray, God, that our, our attachment would be strengthened in this season. God, I pray for those that have been talking divorce. God, I pray that you would help them in this season not to just pick up and quit, not to get weary in the well-doing, but God, help them to work through some issues. God, to keep that marriage intact. God, that you would strengthen our attachment to the local church. God, that we would not come just to be consumers and complain with a spirit of Cain, but God, we would break that vagabond spirit today 
that wandering spirit, that critical spirit, God. And God, that we would be vessels, God, that speak life, God, into every situation. And not only do we speak life, but God, we become life. God, that we're using our time, our talent, and our treasures, God, to advance your mission, God, in the earth and in this region. God, I pray for each and every person, God, that has been affected, God, by a critical spirit. God, I pray that those words, God, that you would, you would break those strongholds over their life. Those that have been told they'll never become anything, they'll never do anything great. God, we break it in the name of Jesus. And God, we release power over their lives today, God, that they would understand they are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. God, that you have anointed them for such a time as this. And God, help us to dream again, to dream bigger dreams again, not to get stuck in a rut, God, because of a bad season, but God, to push forward through the negative season so that we will come out on the other side better than we went in. God, I pray over this church, God. Lord, I pray a season of multiplication, a season of blessing, a season of harvest, a season where we do not throw in the towel before the breakthrough. And God, we ask, God, that that, that killing spirit of Cain be bound and that you would loose your presence in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe it, give God a hand clap right now. Come on, give him a good hand clap. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes, no one looking around for just a moment. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor, I'm not in relationship with Jesus, but I wanna be. I wanna have my sins forgiven. I wanna know that I'm right with God. No one's looking around, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but if that is you, would you just throw your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor, I need Jesus to save me. I need him to forgive me. I'm not where I need to be with God. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are? If you're watching online, we want to pray with you as well. Anyone at all in-house that you say, that's me today. Anyone at all. Those watching online, I want to pray this because you never know who's watching. But I want us to lift our voice together and, and say it. And let's pray this together. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God a praise for his word and life change today. Amen. I'm gonna ask the prayer team and staff to come forward and get in position as we open up this altar to pray for people. If you need prayer for anything at all, please don't leave today without receiving prayer. That's what we're here to do. We're here to pray with you, believe with you, and so let's do that today and let's make this a time of worship and allow God to do what he wants to do. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can go to BethesdaChurch.tv give. We'll catch you on the next episode and we hope you have a great day.